We all want harmony. We love harmony in our homes. We love harmony in our office, maybe harmony with the in-laws. But what is the quickest route to getting said harmony? Well, Paul gives that in Romans chapter 15. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And this is, man, great practical stuff here. After all the theology in the first 12 chapters of Romans he gives us some really great practical stuff, starting yeah. in chapter 12, but 15, boy. This we is, said this, this last time, but this is really how we try to model our preaching is let's get into the Word of God for a while. And you'll notice this mm-hmm. this Sunday if you're at the bridge, is we'll be in the Word of God for a while. And then after about 30 minutes of being in God's Word, then we jump out. That's just the practical stuff. Yeah. This is how Paul did it in Romans. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter 15, verse 1 says this. It says, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. So he's talking about, you know, the, the eating diets and all mm-hmm. of that, the legalism. Differences the, in opinion. Yeah, yeah. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ did, didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. So he's talking really about just being considerate. It's like, don't live to please yourself. Mm-hmm. And don't be a people pleaser. He's not telling us to be a people pleasers, but he's just saying, just be considerate of those yeah, around others. you. Serve others. Be patient and encourage and serve others. That is the quickest route to harmony in your office today. It's the quickest route to harmony in your home. Verse 6, it says, And all of you can join together in one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which the implication there is when you're not getting along, when Christians are divided in church, that... The worship is not great. I mean, it's not in harmony, and you're not with one voice praising God. Instead, it's with divided voice. And I, and I really think that I, I, I question whether or not that is worship at all because it's pretty hypocritical when you're mistreating yeah. each other at the same time saying, God, we love you, yeah. when you, you don't love them enough to love each other the way he taught us to. It says, therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises that he has made to their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies to them. That is why the that is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. In another place it is written, Rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise him, all you people of the earth. And in another place, Isaiah said, "To heir, the heir to David's throne will come, and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Which is a great prayer that he has for these, these Roman believers. All right, verse 14, I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. Because, of course, we have God within you. You have the Holy Spirit. You're full of goodness. You know these things so well that you can teach each other all about them. And how many times can we teach something to somebody else but struggle practicing it ourselves? Even so, I've been bold enough to write about some of these points, knowing that all of you need, that that all you need is this reminder. For by God's grace... I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God made holy by the Holy Spirit. 
So I've reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum. Uh, I don't think it's Illyricum. It's uh, Illyricum. Oh, you sounded good. Illyricum. Just go with that. Yeah. You sounded good. Yeah, just sound confident. Say it fast and sound confident. My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. And which I, I love that. In fact, the world partners that we've got, partners that we've got in other parts of the world that we help support financially. I mean, we focus most on those who are presenting the gospel, planting churches in places where there is no gospel witness. And yeah. this is what Paul focused well, on. Well, and you and I have talked about this, and I'm not putting down churches who that are in very Christian areas, but like personally for me, there's sometimes where I can kind of feel a temptation to be like, it'd be so fun to be like in a super fast growing, very Christian area. It's so yeah. easy to grow a church in that area. It's just, um, you and know, fish coming from other aquariums. That's right. Yeah. But here where we're at, you know, Chicago is not it's the easiest not, place yeah. to do church. And yet it's, this is where church is needed. And this is kind of what Paul is getting at here. Mm -hmm. My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard rather than a church that has already been started by someone else. I've been following the plan spoken of in the scripture where it says, those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have never heard of him will understand. In fact, my visit that has uh, to you that has been delayed so long because I've been preaching in these places. Now, that's why I've been able to get back to you because I've been in places where there aren't churches already. But now I have finished my work in these regions. And after all these long years of waiting, I am eager to visit you. I'm planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome, and after I've enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for my journey. Man, I, I, I guess I took started off maybe a little too soon. That's all right. That's longer. Um, but before I come, I must go to Jerusalem. It's kind of cool, just personal stuff that he says here. I must go to Jerusalem and take a gift to the believers there. For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem because that's, you know, the church, the gospel flowed from them. They feel the least they can do is to return is to help them financially because they were during a real time of pressing need right then with persecution in Jerusalem. As soon as I've delivered this money and completed the good deed of theirs, I will come to see you on my way to Spain. And I'm sure that when I come, Christ will richly bless our time together. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation I am taking to Jerusalem. Then by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart and will be encouraged. there will be an encouragement to each other. And now may God who gives us this peace, be with you all. Amen. Yeah, you can see just the love that Paul has for his people, and we'll see that more tomorrow in chapter 16. Yeah, just those personal notes that yeah. uh, he's giving, I think is awesome. We're in Psalm 45, and verse 17. Verse 17 is, I will bring honor to your name in every generation. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. So when he says, in every generation... 
I think I take that a couple of ways. I think, first of all, he's not just speaking and praising God to his own peer group, but also to those who are older than him and those who are younger than him. But I also take this in another way, that he's doing it in such a way that it gets passed on to future generations, that he's caring about passing that baton on and making sure that the word of God and the worship of God is something that is understood by the younger generations so that they indeed can also pass it on to younger generations. It's a very passionate way pretty much of saying like, God, I love you so much that like my kids are going to love you yeah, and my grandkids are going to love you. Like we're going to pass this on. Which matters more to me than anything else. My kids, my grandkids, future generations. Absolutely. So this was David's heart and soul and it ought to be ours as well. All right. Well, have a great Tuesday today and we will see you tomorrow.